Today's daf is Betza daf Yud. We are about 12 lines down from where the lines become wide at the new Mishnah. So almost uh, two-thirds of the Amud down, it looks like, on Yud Amud Aleph with the new Mishnah. A person should not come to take a bird in order to slaughter it for uh, consumption on Yom Tov unless he picked it up before the holiday started. In other words, he designated it for use, so it's not says he doesn't have to actually pick up the bird, but rather he just has to say, this one and this one, I'm going to take. So he has to specify, but he doesn't have to pick them up. The Gemara says, This is only speaking out the Berichah Rishona. The Berichah Rishona means that, um, you know, each season... The, uh, the yonim, the doves would have, uh, you know, a mating season, a season where they would uh, reproduce. And um, the, uh, the first set of babies that would be born would oftentimes not be used for food. They would leave them to sort of be a company for the mother. And uh, this is how Rashi explains it. So the beginning of the season of births, they would allow the uh, the first uh, offspring to remain with the mother. So when it comes to that, that's where it's really a doubt whether the person who owns the doves will really go ahead and slaughter them because he might want to leave them with the mother. That if you don't actually pick them up on Erev Yom Tov, says the possibility is that you'll change your mind and you won't actually want to use them after all. And Betilel says, Betilel says that that won't happen. In other words, what will happen is that if you go to slaughter them on Yom Tov, you might pick them up and say, you know what? I can't really do it. I don't really want to slaughter the firstborn of the season of these do- this dove. Uh, I'm just going to let it go. And so therefore what happened was you picked it up and you handled the mukteh, but you didn't actually use it for food, so it was for no reason. So Beit Shammai says, we don't want that to happen. So therefore you have to pick it up on Erev Yom Tov, make sure you're confident in your decision that you're going to be consuming these birds, and then the next day you can come pick them up again and can, and, and slaughter them. But Beit Shammai says, we're not worried about that. If you already intended to slaughter these birds on Erev Yom Tov, you don't have to actually pick them up. We're not worried you're going to have regrets. Um, when you pick them up on Yom Tov to slaughter them, you're going to do it. But once you come to the second wave of offspring. For sure, designating the individual birds is enough. You don't have to go any further than that. Even Beit Shammai would agree. There's no emotional sort of uh, hesitation in slaughtering the second wave of birds. Why do you have to be so specific according to Beit Hillel that you have to designate the specific birds? Why can't you just say, I'm going to take from this general group of birds? Maybe you'll say Betilel doesn't hold by the concept of Beirah. Beirah means that I will designate something retroactively. In other words, if I say from this group of birds I'm going to take tomorrow, and then the next day I say, okay, this one and this one, retroactively that's the one I intended from the beginning. Okay, that's what Beirah means. So maybe you'll say Betilel doesn't hold by Beirah, but it's not true. But we learned in the Mishnah, if somebody dies in a house, if there are many openings from the room where the dead body is housed, we know that there was there is a law, we've learned about it many times, that any passageways leading out of the room where the dead body uh, is, uh, you know, is housed, in other words, where the person died, any passageway going out, um, since it has the potential to be the way in which the body will be escorted out, um, everything in those different passageways automatically becomes to memet, unless you designate it in advance. Okay, in other words, at that moment, 
um, everything that is a possible exit for the dead body will become tamay. Okay, that's talking about But if one of them was open If one of them was open and the rest were closed They're going to be tor- In other words, why? Because that shows that you intend only for that to be the uh, passageway That you're going to take the uh, body out Right? Anything in that passageway will not become tamay But everything in the other passageways Will not be included in the prohibition Or not be included in the tumah Because you've shown that you intend to go out that particular direction so the uh, so and and according to Rashi says lachar mitatamet. But even after the person died, you open that door and you've designated it as the exit for the body. So therefore, everything in that passageway becomes tamei, but the other ones not. Now chashav lo tzio belchad mehen o bechalon sheish bar bar laba. If you had in mind that you were going to take the body out through one of the passageways or through a window that is four by four tfachim and therefore has the ability to have the body pass through it, matzat at kol aptachim kulan. That saves all of the doorways. In other words, since you had that intention. Uh, in your mind, that means that you excluded all the other passageways and they aren't, don't come under this rule that the rabbis made that the Tumah is going to extend to every potential exit. That only works if you have that in mind ahead of the death. But if the person already died and all of the doorways were equal contenders for being the exit for the dead body, and then you say, you know what, I think I'm going to take that one, uh, or you, you, that doesn't change the situation that they all already came under the law of the Tum'ah. However, Betilel says, even after the person died, if the person, if, if now the, the individual in charge thinks I'm going to take the body out through exit A, so only exit A becomes Tamei, everything in exit A passageway becomes Tamei, and the other ones won't, even though it was decided afterwards. Because retroactively, we say that's what he intended all along. Okay, so therefore he saves all of the other passageways from having any tumah. So you see that Beit Hillel holds of Bera. He holds that you can designate something after the fact and retroactively it takes effect. So what's the answer? The That only works from now and on. In other words, it's not Brera that Beit Hillel is saying. Beit Hillel is saying from the moment that you make the designation, not that all of, let's say you had five passageways and in each one there's a bunch of stuff. If you designated in advance which exit you were going to use, so then only, let's say you said exit A, okay, exit number one, so then the other four exits, nothing's going to happen to the things in those passageways. But if you didn't say anything and then the person died, so really everything in all of those five passageways is going to become Tamei. Once you say now I'm going to choose exit number one, it's too late to save everything that's in the other four passageways. All of them are going to become Tamei. But if anything comes in now to one of those other four passageways, it won't become Tamei. In other words, everything that was in there at the moment of the death already became Tamei by virtue of the fact that you had not designated an exit to carry out the body. But once you make that designation, anything that subsequently comes to one of the four passageways that you did not choose will not become Tamei. But it's not retroactive. It's not Brera. So Beitilil does know the Brera. Nope, actually Beit Hillel does hold retroactively it works. In other words, that the person dies, there are five passageways, you say, you know what, I'm going to take passageway number one. Now, even though you didn't say anything before the death, retroactively, it's as if you never would have chosen those other four passageways and nothing in them became Tamei. It retroactively takes effect. So then why can't you do the same with the birds? Why can't you say whichever bird I choose on the day of Yom Tov is the one that I intended from the beginning? Because, Because, 
The problem is, since you didn't make a specific designation and you made a blanket designation, I'm going to take from this group of birds tomorrow without making any specific commitment to which one. So then you're going to start looking and you're going to pick up one and say, no, not this one, not this one, not this one. You're going to touch a lot of birds and handle a lot of muktzeh for no reason. So that's why you have to do it. Not because of retroactive designation, but because... In other words, not because they don't hold that you can designate things retroactively, but because you're going to do a selection process on Yom Tov and you're going to end up handling birds that you don't eventually use. That's the problem. Now, But didn't you say just saying, I'm going to take this one and that one is enough? In other words, he doesn't have to actually pick them up. He's standing far away. So maybe he didn't do such a careful examination. Maybe he's going to get there on the day of Yom Tov and say, you know what, I don't really want those. I want a different one. Says Because it's talking about that on Erev Yom Tov, he went and was very specific. He checked out which one he was going to take on Erev Yom Tov. In other words, it wasn't just that he said, I stood far away and said, I'm going to take from this and this tomorrow. What he did was, Rashi explains, he was specific on Erev Yom Tov. He makes a very specific commitment to those particular birds on Erev Yom Tov. He doesn't just say, I'm going to take from here tomorrow, but he's, um, he's very specific about his intention that he's going to, uh, uh, which birds he's going to choose. So in other words, in, uh, when, it ta- ta- when it's talking about an hour Mishnah, it's talking about the first uh, the first uh, born of that, that dove for the year, those, he has to actually pick them up according to Beit Hillel. The ones that he, that are after that first uh, brood, so when he, he doesn't have to do that, as we said before, he could just say that, uh, you know, I'm going to take from there tomorrow, right? I'm, I'm going to, he can do it from afar. So that means he doesn't have to pick them up, he doesn't have to examine them. So Rashi is saying that even so, he has to make a specific commitment on Erev Yom Tov to the particular birds. He can't leave it open for Yom Tov. So, Aval, the Yom Tov, Asur, but he cannot leave it open on Erev Yom Tov and rely on an examination of the next day. That he cannot do because um, examining him on the day of Yom Tov, he might end up handling more than he's supposed to. So even though Boriram might work, he cannot handle them on Yom Tov. He has to be very specific on Erev Yom Tov, make a commitment, make sure that he's confident in it and stick with it. And uh, Alternatively, you might be worried about another thing, that we want this person to eat meat on Yom Tov. We want him to eat the birds on Yom Tov. And if he doesn't dis- designate specific ones, so then he might come there in the morning of Yom Tov and say, you know what? I don't want any of these. They're all not good. They're all too thin. They're all too scrawny. I'm not going to take any of them. And if he does that, so then what will end up happening is he won't eat any. And we don't want that to happen. So therefore, we want him to choose specific ones. So that way, he doesn't waver. In other words, once he's chosen them, he's not going to say, well, this wasn't as good as I thought. He's going to stick with it. And he won't neglect the, the celebration of Yom Tov. So the point is that it's not an issue really of, um, of uh, Borei It's not an issue of retroactive designation. Um, it's an issue of, um, of, uh, uh, of making sure that he doesn't have to, that he doesn't either have to handle more birds than necessary on Yom Tov, or that he doesn't give up on the project altogether. Now the Mishnah says, if he designated blackbirds, but he finds white ones. 
or levanim matzah shchorim, or he designated white, he found black. Shnei matzah shlosha. If he designated two, he found three. Asorim. They're prohibited. Meaning, these are new birds. These are not the birds he designated, so they're actually muktzeh. He didn't even have these birds before. But shlosha matzah mutarim. If he designated three and he finds two. Those two are permitted because he assumes that one flew away, literally flew the coop, like they say, and these are the original. If originally the birds were inside the dovecote and he sees them outside, asur, he can't assume it's the same ones. They may, his original ones may have flown away. These are new ones. If there are no other birds in the vicinity, then he can assume that they're the same original birds. The point here is that he has to be sure that the ones he designated on Erev Yom Tov are the ones he's using. Otherwise, you have an issue of muktzeh. Now, Gemara says, Pshita, it should be obvious the first case. If he designated black ones and he finds white ones, obviously those are not the ones he designated. What's a chidush? So, in other words, it means that he designated black and white. And what happened was, and he found that they switched places. The, the dove coat that was containing, in other words, the chamber that had the black birds now has white, and the one that had white now has black. And what does he assume? In other words, you might have thought, these are really the same birds. They just switched places. We don't assume that these are the original birds and they switch sides. We assume these are totally new birds, the original ones are gone, these are new, and therefore you can't use them. This supports the halacha of Rabbi Hanina. Rabbi Hanina said that if you have a situation of doubt, and you could go either by the majority, or you could go by what is closest you go by what is the majority. How do you know that? Because you found two sets of birds, right? In other words, you had a black birds on the left and white birds on the right. Now you have white birds on the left, black birds on the right. Instead of just assuming the birds switched places, which would be going after the karov, in other words, the black birds that are now in the place the white birds originally were, are just the black birds that were right next to them before. And the white birds that are in the place that the black birds originally were are just the same white birds that were next to them before. We don't assume that. So we're not going by the karov. We're not going by the closest explanation. We're going by the majority. The majority of birds in the world were not designated by this guy. So he has to assume it came from the majority. Gemara says, no, that's not necessarily true. We're talking about where there was a, uh, a platform. There was like a... Uh, uh, um, a uh, piece of wood sticking out in the front of the duff coat. And that piece of wood that sticks out, that duff that is sticking out, that board that's sticking out, okay, birds come and sit on it from the outside all the time. So there were birds that were undesignated all the time right in the vicinity of the birds that were designated. So it's not like we're going close versus majority. Both the majority of birds, meaning all other birds other than the ones that I designated, right, as well as birds that are close by because birds from the outside come and sit on the porch, so to speak, of the dove coat all the time, both of them would lead us to the conclusion that the birds that we now see are other birds, not the original birds. If I had two and I find three, I can't use them because these are not the same ones. Either it's a totally new group of three. For sure, at least one of them is not one of my original because I only had two. So either these all three of them are new or it's two plus a new one. So there's a new one mixed in and I can't use it because it's muktzeh. What if I find less? I start out with three, I find two. So it says in that case, Why is that permitted? Because I assume it's the original three minus one. One of them flew away. Seems like this is Rebbe and not the rabbis. Titania, we've seen this right many times before. This case many times before. A person had a person had a, a, a maneh 
and he finds matan. In other words, he had a hundred zoos and he finds two hundred zoos. The original mane was, the original coin was Maser Shini. Now he finds two coins. So what does he do? He assumes one of them is Maser Shini. One of them is, he found, finds more than he had. One of them is Maser Shini. One of them is Cholin. That's Rabbi. The Rabbi said, no, this is totally new money. This is now two coins. It's all Cholin. What if he finds less? Rabbi says one of them is from the original, one of them is taken away. The rabbi says it's all chulin. In other words, they seem to say, Rabbi says if you had two and you see now you have only one, you assume it's one from the original pair. The other one went missing. The Chachamim say no, if you had two and now you find one, whoever took, took yours took both of them. This is a totally new one. So here, what would they say? The, the Gemara is saying, Rabbi would say, if you had three birds and now you have two, these are the two original. The Chachamim would say, when you had three and now you find two, these are totally, totally nif- different ones, new ones. Right? Wait, afilu No, not necessarily. Even the rabbis might agree here. Ha'idmar ala Rabbi Yochanan v'Rabbi Elazar shani gozalin. Ho'il vasuyin lidadot. Birds are different, say Rabbi Yochanan Rabbi Elazar. Because birds move around. So therefore, according to Chachamim, if somebody, if you had two coins, and now yeah, there's only one coin, we assume whoever took your coins took both of them. So the one that you see now is, is, is new. But when it comes to birds, they move around. So you had three, now you have two. That's because one of them flew away. Because in other words, in the case of the money, a person took it. In the case of the birds, the bird flew away. Right? So then the question is, why do you need that answer? But we have another teaching of Rabbi Elazar and Rabbi Yochanan where they have a where they have a disagreement about the case of the money, which is Chadamar Bishnekisin Machloket Aval Bikisachad Vakol Chulin. That according to one version, when you have two different kisin, in other words, you have two different um, pouches. One and in other words, coin. There were two coins. One was in one pouch. One was in another. Now one is missing. Right there is the Machloket. The rabbis say that you assume that. Whoever took the money took both and left. And, and now this new coin is a new coin. And Rabbi says, no, they only took one. Right? But if the two coins were in one pouch and now you find one coin, even Rabbi would agree that one coin is not from the original pair. Because if somebody stuck their hand into the pouch and took the money that was in there, they wouldn't have left one. Right? One, either Rabbi Elazar or Rabbi Yochanan says, no, the machloket is actually in the case of uh, is one, is the case of one pouch. That's where the rabbis say, if you find only one coin, you have to assume that the person took them both and left it, and this is a new one. And Rabbi would say, no, it's from the original pair. But if there are two pouches, everybody agrees, even the rabbis, that if you have only one, that only one of the coins is left, this is probably from the original group, the original pair. Right? So, if you say that the machloket between the, ra, the ra, Rabbi and the Chachamim is where there are two pouches. Then it makes sense why they needed the answer that birds are different. In other words, because our case is more similar to the case of two pouches. They're two independent birds, right? They're three independent birds and one of them is missing. Just like money in the two pouches, one of them went missing. 
Okay, the Chachamim say, no, you have to assume that they both went missing. And Rabbi says, no, you assume that only one went missing and the other one that's left is from the original pair. But when it comes to birds, Rabbi Elazar, Rabbi Yochanan say, even the rabbis would agree. Since birds are independent entities, the fact that one ran away doesn't mean they all ran away. It could be that just one went missing. Right? But according to the one who says no, that Rabbi and the Chachamim argue where the two coins were in one pouch. And even there, in other words, over there is where the rabbis say that if one is, if, if there's only one coin in there, you assume it's a totally new coin. And Rabbi says no, you assume it's from the original pair. But when it comes to two pouches, Right? Where if you found a coin, there was a coin in pouch one and a coin in pouch two, and now there's only a coin in pouch one. So according to that, everybody agrees that's from the original, uh, original, uh, set. So if that's true, then why do you have, so if that's the case, it's no chidush by the birds. In other words, we're saying like this. If you say that the case of two, the, the assumption of the Gemara is that the two pouches is more similar to the birds. So if in the case of two pouches, they actually argue, so then we have to explain why in the case of two pouches of money, the rabbis say if one of them was taken and the other one is still full, that you assume that the person must have taken both and this is a totally new coin. And Rabbi says it's not a totally new, new coin, it's from the original pair. So then when we come to the case of the birds, we would say, why here do we assume that the two birds left are from the original three? According to the rabbis, we should assume that, it's, uh, that, that these are new birds and that's why we have to come along and say no, because since birds move, it's different than money. But if you're going to say that according to the ra- even according to the rabbis, when you have two pouches of money, and one is now empty and one is still full, that the rabbis, even the rabbis would agree that that's from the original pair. So then in the case of the birds, of course it's from the original pair. If you had three and now you have two, the rabbis of course will say that's from the original pair. So why do you need to mention the difference between birds and money? In the end, the rabbis are saying that the dinim are the same, the rule is the same. So the Gemara says, We're talking about pouches that are tied together and birds that are tied together. That that's the Chidush. In other words, in the case where there's two pouches and they're tied together, the rabbis will say, since they're tied together, we agree with Rabbi that if one, is, that if, that one coin was taken out, so the, uh, then the... Uh, uh, then the other coin that's left in uh, the other coin that's left is going to be the coin that was from the original set. But if the but when it and when it comes to birds, we say that uh, I'm sorry, no, the other way around. That uh, in the case of the two, uh, when it, when they said that in a, that they argue about one pouch, it's talking about two pouches that are tied together like one pouch. Right, so therefore, in that case, that's where the rabbis and Rabbi have their machloket. Okay, because it's tied together, it's like one pouch. So the rabbis say, if one coin is missing, if only one of the pouches is now empty, you have to assume that the person who stole took both, and this is a new coin that found its way into the one pouch. And Rabbi says, no, just because he stole from one, maybe he didn't steal from the other, even though they're tied together. Right, but when it comes to birds, even though they're tied together, the bird could wiggle its way out. The money's not going to wiggle its way out, but the bird could wiggle its way out. In other words, the rabbis are saying that since the pouches are tied together, you have to assume anybody who would take money from one took it from the other. But when it comes to birds, just because a bird wiggled itself loose and ran away doesn't mean the other two that are left are different birds. Rabbi will say to you, 
even pouches sometimes uh, 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 wear out, meaning even if they're tied together, the kesher, the tie between them could fall apart. And so this person might have found it loosely tied or not tied together. And that's why only one, he only stole from one of the pouches and not the other. So he says, that's why I would say that even when the two pouches are tied together, um, uh, you don't assume that the person who stole from one necessarily would have stolen from the other and that the coin is a new one. You could say that he only stole from one. The rabbis say, no, if he's going to steal from one, he's going to steal from the other. Therefore, any coin in there is a new coin, not from the original pair. When it comes to birds, however, since they wiggle out, that's a different story. If, you, if the birds were designated inside the dove coat and you find them outside, prohibited, you assume it's new birds. Same thing again, that we assume now, why? Because you go by the majority and not by what's close. In other words, you would have assumed that you go by what's closest. And uh, here we're not going by what's close. We're go- because you, c- you could say what's right outside of the dovecote is closer to the dovecote than uh, birds out in, the, wor- in, the, in the rest of the world. So, but you're saying, no, we're going to assume that these are new birds because the majority of birds in the world are not the birds that you designated. Even though the birds that you designated were closer to this location than uh, all the birds in the world, so to speak. So it says, no, Amarabaya Bidaf. Same thing we said before. Abaye says that there was like a plank on the front of the dovecote and birds from all over the place would sit, sit there all the time. So there are birds that are alien birds, so to speak, all the time, close to the same place as the birds you designated. And so therefore you have the majority and close against just close. In other words, what true that the birds you designated are closer to the dovecote than any other ones, but birds from the outside were also close and there's a majority of them. And we're talking about a case where you had one dovecote on top of the other. And it goes without saying, if you designated the birds in the bottom dovecote and you didn't designate the upper one, and then what happens is that you found birds only in the lower one, but not in the upper one. In other words, if you had two dovecotes, one on top of the other, you designated the lower one, not the upper one. You come in in the morning, the upper one is empty, and now there are only birds in the lower one. You can't assume the ones in the lower one are the ones you designated. You have to assume that the upper one came down, the ones that were in the upper one came down a floor, and the ones that were in the lower one exited. Right? Even the other way works, says Rava. That if you designated the upper one and not the lower one, and you found only in the upper and not in the lower. We're still going to say it's prohibited. Because you might have thought in that case that the birds that are above are not going to be the birds that were originally down. In other words, you designated the upper and not the lower. Now the lower area is empty and only the upper has birds. You're going to assume that those birds that are up there are the ones that were down. Why don't you just assume the ones that were down flew out and the ones that were up never moved? No, he says we assume that the birds that were down went, that the birds that were up flew out and the birds that were down went up a floor. And that's why there's nothing in the lower chamber, only in the upper chamber. And that's the case of uh, when you are, when you designate, um, when you're, when we talk, when we're talking about uh, the, uh, when the Mishnah is talking about inside and outside of the kin, next to it, beside it, you know, and so on. That's what it's really talking about, according to Rav It's talking about this case of the double-decker dovecoat. If there's no other birds in the whole vicinity, then you can assume that whatever birds are right outside the dovecoat are also yours. If we're talking about birds that fly, if they're flying birds, then of course birds could have come from the outside. 
even if they're not that close by. We're talking about birds that only totter. They're too little to fly. So therefore, there's no way that your original birds flew away and new ones flew in. If there is another dovecote within 50 amot of yours, you could, it's possible that the birds you see now in front of your dovecote are not yours, but they're from another dovecote. And if there's no uh, dovecote within 50 amot of where you are, then for sure it would be permitted to use those birds because they're definitely yours. Because a bird will not totter when it like sort of you know, the way that the toddler moves, it won't do that uh, more than 50 amot. So if there's no other dovecote for 50 amot around, you can assume that the birds you see are yours. Okay? In other words, the, the problem is like this, that if you're talking about birds that fly, so then the possibilities are infinite, your birds could have flown away and these are new ones. If you're talking about birds that just totter, they walk slowly, so then if there's no uh, dovecote around, it should be obvious that these birds must be yours. So we must be talking about a case where there is another dovecote within 50 amot. But it's on a corner relative to your, um, to your dovecote. Okay? The chidush is that a bird will only venture away from its dovecote if it can see its home behind it. It'll venture out. But if it has to turn a corner in order to go to your dovecote, it won't go there. Even though it's within 50 amot of its home base, it's not going to go there because once it turns a corner, it can't see its home anymore. So it's not going to do that. So even though there might be a dovecote in the neighborhood that is around the corner, um, you don't have to be concerned that the birds you see in front of your dovecote are uh, from that dovecote. You can assume they're from your own because, uh, because it's a situation in which the way the geographical layout is is such that the birds will not venture away from their dovecote, and this must be on, only be yours. The one that you see in front of your dovecote are in fact yours. And so the, the main point here is that we need to know when we come to use balei chayim, when we come to use uh, living creatures on Yom Tov, that they're definitely the ones that we designated on Yom Tov. And we're dealing with situations where there, there could be potential mix-ups where the birds that we're using are not actually the ones we designated, and therefore they're muktzeh. And um, that's why it's so important to be sure that the same birds that you had designated from before Yom Tov are the ones that you're using on Yom Tov.